Welcome to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. It's where we learn to forgive in that home. Hello, ladies. Great to be with you again. And this is the night before Thanksgiving that we are recording this session. And I have with me another wonderful visitor. Uh, For Thanksgiving week, we have the Hartman family staying with us. You heard from Alison last week. And we also have the wonderful Stewart family and their nine children. And uh, they are with us for Thanksgiving and also here helping us um, put down a new floor in the Bav Ruby's office, um, which is so wonderful. Oh my, I, I'm actually so glad you haven't come to visit me in my office, although I know some of you already have, of course, because it's like a cow shed. Well, you know, we did have sort of, you know, lino on the floor, but after all these years, it's worn through and we've had many floods and it's actually got down to the concrete. And so they are just so gloriously putting in a new floor, which will be wonderful. And um, we, I will feel as though I am a normal person in my <laughs> office, which is just part of our home downstairs. We live upstairs and above Ruby's is downstairs. So anyway, I have with me right here uh, Neely Stewart, and uh, she has a wonderful story to tell that I don't even know about yet. I mean, Alison told me, she said, oh, you've got to get Neely to tell her story. And uh, so we're all going to um, hear about it together, and I know it's going to be wonderful. So thank you for being with us, Neely. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. Now... Alison told me that you found out before you were married that you would never be able to have children. Is that true? Tell us all about that. Well, it's definitely part of um, the miracle that God's done in my life, for sure. So, um, well, when I was uh, 19 years old, I was in college, and I know y'all just did the college um, podcast, um, but when I was growing up, that was, you went to college, that's how you had success. You know, there are obviously many ways for success, but that was the route that I was on. <clears throat> and when I was in my sophomore year, I just um, wasn't feeling good, and um, it kept lingering, and so I went to the college infirmary there, and I um, I thank God for that doctor, because he saw past my symptoms. Well, he looked deeper than just what I told him, and he ordered a blood test, which normally they give you antibiotics and join your way. But he, um, and I believe God led him, he ordered a blood test, and um, he found abnormal white blood cells. And that is an indication of either um, leukemia, bone cancer, or uh, lymphoma, I believe. And um, so I was diagnosed. Well, after... The first of about eight bone marrow aspirations, um, I was diagnosed with leukemia. Wow. Wow, that wasn't very good news. Not in my plans, for sure. Um, Well, so um, at that point, it was within probably a week, I was in the hospital at that point, and um, they were beginning treatment, and it was kind of a whirlwind, but one of us, there was so many miracles throughout 
um, you know, just the miracle of God's presence there. Because if you're, if God's presence is there, that's where you want to be. So whether you're going through um, a fight with cancer or you're on the mountaintop at the time, you know, wherever God is, that's where you want to be. And his presence was so evidently there with me. And my mom had come up, um, you know, when she heard, when we got the test results, she'd come up. Uh, I wasn't in my hometown. And so she was with me through this um, journey and because of my treatment, we went to the hospital in New Orleans. But um, it was a small miracle that God did in the very beginning was I just had an extreme fear of pain. It wasn't necessarily, it was kind of a fear of needles, but that was just a very small miracle. I was just really afraid of the pain that I might go through. And he brought me through that and, you know, that maybe that wouldn't be something for someone, but that was the beginning of so many miracles, as I was saying. Um, And honestly, prior to even my diagnosis, God had been leading me on a journey of just his faithfulness. Mm. And so although you're never prepared for a cancer diagnosis, um, his faithfulness, it was, I knew that he was with me. He was faithful and true. And so I just, um, I knew he was with us. So it was, um, it was an ordeal. And the, um, I didn't know all of the details of what the doctors were telling uh, my then fiance, now husband, and my mom. So you were courting Ben at this stage? Yes, we've been dating for about two years at that oh, time. Wow. So, Oh, you started quite young then. Um, yes, well, I was 17. He was 19, I guess. Oh, so. that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. um, but the, the prognosis was that that first n- night before the chemo, they said that I had about a 4% chance of living. And if I lived through the night of that first round of chemotherapy, then it was up to about 25%. So it was a crucial moment that first night. Yes, ma'am. Goodness me. Oh, wow. So what happened? (laughs) Well, so I survived. (laughs) And um, it um, it was arduous. But again, his presence was there. And honestly, the biggest support for us was God's word. Um, we sought God's word, you know, obviously what he would speak to our hearts at that time. And Isaiah 41, 10, um, that has been a scripture that has kind of been a life verse for me, but it's fear that fear not for I'm with thee. Be not afraid for I'm thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yeah. I will help thee. I'll uphold thee with my, my righteous right hand. And the first words, fear not, you know, of course, um, our human response when we hear a diagnosis of cancer is to fear. But God has repeatedly told us in his word to fear not. And so um, actually my youth group back home, when they heard about it, they um, created this huge banner, um, like, gosh, I don't even know, 10 feet by 12 feet probably. And every time um, my mom would hang it on the wall in my hospital room and it would with huge letters. And that, and that was just what I would see when I wake up or just all day long. Fear not for I'm with thee. That's so wonderful. I, um, I've often liked to, um, speak this scripture out as a promise for every day of the week. Do you know there's seven uh, promises in this one word? It's amazing. And, uh, you can actually say it like this and that, I mean, you had it for every day and, as you were going through that, but we can say it, fear thou not on Sunday, for Mm -hmm. I am with thee on Monday. Mm -hmm. Be not dismayed 
on Tuesday, for I am thy God on Wednesday. I will strengthen thee on Thursday. Yes, I will help thee on Friday. Yes, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness on Saturday. Although it's for every day of the sure, week. But that's yeah. rather lovely, isn't I it? Like that, Seven sure. promises. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Um, and so that was a scripture. Also, I, uh, excuse me, um, Psalms 46.1. God is our refuge and strength, mm-hmm. a very present help in time of trouble. And sometimes, I mean, we can feel like God is up there. We know he's watching over us, but it says he's a very present help. He's right mm-hmm. there in the midst and he sees everything that we're going through and to know that he is that very present help in time of trouble. Yes. So anyway, tell me, what happened with your courtship? Here you are, you're faced with cancer and you're supposed to be getting married. Wow, what happened then? Well, um, Ben is faithful and true as he always has been to me. It, it, not not like God, but he is faithful and true to me. Um, and we actually were going to two different colleges. I, he was back in uh, my hometown, and then I had gone to um, LSU. But um, honestly, I think that was um, the semester that he pretty much flunked out because he spent most of his time driving to uh, visit me in the hospital. Um, but you know, one thing that was amazing through it all, I, you know, lost my hair twice and I, at one point I got down below 90 pounds and, um, I, Ben always made me feel beautiful through it all. He was just, um, my rock. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and there was, speaking of, you know, the losing my hair twice, that was, there was so many things I ended up, um, spiking a fever of over 106 and that was, they rushed in with ice packs. I had them all over my body and just trying anything to get the fevers down. It was um, some intense moments. Yeah. And um, they had to place a, a port to get chemotherapy into my um, spinal column for the um, to get chemotherapy into um, where the chemo doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier. Mm-hmm. And when they placed it, um, they have to they cut a big horseshoe-shaped flap from out of my um, scalp, and then they drill a hole into my skull. Well, um, as my mom says, you never want to hear a brain surgeon say that they're off by even a half of an inch. So they had to go back and do that again, which, um, you know, and even when you get those um, reports that aren't what you want to hear, when God is walking with you, you can turn to him and you know that nothing takes him by surprise. Wow. Well, anyway, you still haven't got to. How did you get healed? And when did you get married? And what happened? Oh, yes, ma'am. <clears throat> well, so uh, through the treatment, it was over um, 100 days in the hospital. But um, healing, God was just, um, I believe he led the doctors. And I just, I completed the uh, the treatment that they had prescribed. And um, I never, I, I never relapsed. And I just... When they said, I'm done, I was done. I flew the coop, and um, I had checkups for the first five years, um, and everything was all clear. And we got ended up getting married, um, let's see, that was in 96, so we got married in 2000. And um, it's been glorious since then. And then they did say, so following treatment, um, actually Ben and I were talking about this, um, he remembers going to the doctor's appointment with me when the doctor said, um, you know, usually with this treatment, you, um, you're not, usually it prevents you from having children. 
Um, and of course that was the desire of my heart. I really didn't have, uh, that was what I wanted to be as a wife and mother. And so, um, I heard what he said, but I knew that God had called me to be a joyful mother of children. So, um, I just, I kind of didn't let it bother me. And we just started having children and we didn't have a certain amount, certainly that we wanted to have. And then, but I was exposed to, um, the above a friend, a, a fellow mom handed me above Ruby's magazines. And that's when we said, well, you know what? We want to trust God with our family size. And so we're at nine right now. <laughs> yes. So did you have to wait long? Did the Lord bless you just very soon after your marriage? Uh, yes, ma'am. We didn't have to wait. We were, he was wow. blessed us. Yes, ma'am. I know he's a miracle working God. <laughs> yes. And that is amazing. And here, because many after, you know, intense chemical, you know, chemotherapy, you don't conceive, but praise the Lord. And here you are with nine amazing children. (laughs) And that God is amazing. And and you've never had any trace of this ever again. No, ma'am. So incredible. Oh, that is so wonderful. Well, you've got to tell us about your children. Tell us their names and and, uh, their ages. Um, Well, Eliana is our oldest, and she's 21. Then we have um, Talia, and she's 18, and they're both into um, Mustang horses. They were participating in the Extreme Mustang Makeover and enjoyed that. Um, Zion, he is 15. He's our first son. Uh, Then we have twin girls, Hosanna and Grace, and they're 13. Uh, Then Asher, he is 10. Um, Then Bethania. She's eight, and Moriah is five, and Gilead is two. (laughs) How wonderful. Oh, the Lord has just blessed you. Yes, and of course, ladies, they are here with us, staying, and um, we are just so blessed to see such a beautiful family of children, and um, they're just such a blessing, so beautiful and such hard workers. I remember Alison telling me that Ellie went to stay with them for three weeks to help them, you know, because they their business keeps them very busy. And and uh, the Hartmans, well, there's, there's not a family like them that know how to work. But she said, wow, Ellie just run rings around us. <laughs> she is such a great worker. So tell us, you know, your secrets of how you've trained your children uh, to work and also to put in them the godly qualities that you long for them to have. Well, I will say um, my husband being willing to let them work alongside him mm-hmm. when he could um, get it done much faster without having children around. But he, um, and I wouldn't say in the beginning that was what came natural to him, but he had to make a choice that, you know, uh, he tells the story of one time when he was um, trying to work on our car and we lived in Chicago at the time and it was middle of winter and it was freezing. And um, our son Zion came up to him and wanted something. And um, Ben said, Zion, what am I doing? And Zion's like working on the car. And he's like, do I like to be interrupted when I'm working on something? He's like, no. And, and I said like, but Ben, what's more important? And so, um, Ben, like, he's like, of course, you know, our children are what's important, taking time. And so, um, I think incorporating them in everything we have, we do, we love to do projects around our house. Um, and so there is, as long as they can hold a hammer or do whatever they're going to, we're going to assign them to do something, whether it's just sweep with a broom, 
Um, and of course we have children who, um, are more eager to help than others. Um, and so you just have to encourage the ones who would rather, you know, be off playing and just, mm-hmm. you know, say we participate, you know, we're stewards, we work hard. And then we also, we have fun. We know how to have fun when it's done. So, um, that's what we try to, um, mm. I think that's what I say around here. We, have, we work hard and we play hard. Okay. And um, yes, whatever you do, you do with all your heart. Yeah. And there's a time for work and then there's a time to just, you know, enjoy one another and fellowship. Mm-hmm. But I noticed I'm, the other night, one of your daughters, I mean, I noticed her pick up the broom and just sweep the floor. Nobody asked her to do that. And you can see it's just part of her life, part of her habit. And yet it's amazing. There are many young people who would come into our home and Goodness, I mean, that hardly know what a broom was, you know. Um, and I, I think that, you know, often happens too with children going to school these days, going to public school. They Sometimes they leave so early on the bus. I, I see children out uh, where we live and the bus goes by and it's still dark. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, oh, those poor children. I mean, they're leaving the sanctity of the home home and the coziness of the home and going out in the dark and waiting for a bus and you never know what's going on on that bus. Mm-hmm. Then they're away all day and then they come home and they've got to do homework and they don't even ever get a chance to be part of, of you know, the whole life of home and, and uh, okay, that you're meant to be working and all helping and they don't really even know how to do that. I had some children um, just a week or so ago around our table and um, I said to them, now children, um, I just want you all to come and be here and help. We're all going to do something. Well, a couple of them actually went and hid. They they just didn't even want to do anything. They weren't even used to it. I couldn't believe it. And so how have you, you know, trained your children to get into those habits? Well, we have... Uh, three times a day after every meal, we they each have their own assigned chore. And mm-hmm. so that's, um, you know, it's not a question of whether or not you want to do it. It's mm-hmm. just everybody, after the meal, we all break and do our responsibilities. And um, so, you know, it takes some training and you have to o- have oversight to make sure um, pretty much every time I'm reminding someone, hey, you forgot to do this. or, But um, everyone knows they have a responsibility. And f- to feel that you're a contributing member to the household, and especially as you said, when we're home all day, we all make the mess. Um, it just all accumulates, and so it's a good reset three times a day to get things back in order and to yeah. feel like your brain can function without clutter everywhere. Yes, <laughs> yes. And so you began homeschooling from the very beginning, did you? Yes, ma'am. Um, I had been exposed to actually Montessori um, concepts of just you know training. Well, I'm not training, but teaching children early, and so. Um, Yes, I always had a heart to um, homeschool, and I think I went gung-ho with our first, and, you know, she was reading by three, and, you know, you just, (laughs) you know, when that's that first child, you just do everything. You don't have any other, you're not really focused on anything else, so they get it all poured on them, and, you know, that's where you make your first mistakes, but um, since then, I've backed off significantly. I let them have more fun um, in those early years. But yeah, so we just um, have loved homeschooling. And now as my older girls have graduated, um, they help me um, with doing some of the readings with the younger ones. And so um, I just think it's a it's a great way to enjoy family life um, that we all contribute. We are all a part. 
and you belong and we we want you here we need you here and we all want that i think yes and, and so your life is is really living as a family nobody's you know you're not all doing your separate things you you how and how do you make that happen um, well, and like I said, our older girls, they do um, horse training during the day and things like that. But we do, for meal times are really important to us. Um, mm. Ben um, will usually lead a morning devotion. And then in the evenings, we all gather um, after um, our meal um, for worship. And then um, we'll do some form of uh, Bible reading devotions. Mm. And I feel like that's really crucial um, for if we say that God is important, that yes. we that it's witnessed. Exactly. I do believe that. I mean, you know, parents can say, oh, we love God and he's first in our lives. And yet they don't even make time to, you know, bring the family together to hear his word and worship him. I think that shows our children, um, you know, uh, how much we really love the Lord, how much we really love the word is if we're going to bring them together to, to teach it to him. And I noticed when we were having family devotions all together here that, um, you know, Colin would ask, can they finish a scripture? And they all began reciting it off. Obviously, they've done some good memory work. So how have you done that with your children and got them to memorize the word? Uh, well, we have um, scripture mem memory is part of our homeschooling. So, um, yes. and I actually have a, a scripture box that you can, you know, we memorize them and they kind of go back through the file. And um, also at our, our church, um, every Sunday morning, um, each family group gets up and the uh, children recite scripture. So it's a, it's yes. a big portion of the service. And, um, but the children, I feel like um, they're learning the word of God for themselves and memorizing it and putting, hiding it in their heart. Um, you know, it says so that we might not sin against um, God. And mm. um, there's nothing more powerful than his word and for yes. them to know it. Mm. I love that. So um, each family is encouraged to, you know, teach their children the, the word. And then um, so does how many families would get up each Sunday and share? Um, Wow, goodness. How many um how many families? I'm sorry. Do you get up on Sunday? I'm sorry. Ben's helping us. Uh, there's probably uh, probably 20 to 30 families, but th so there's families, so it's all of the children in each family will get up and say their scripture the f that they memorized for that week. Wow. Mm, it's yeah. it's it's and, amazing. And do, they, do they all say it together? The, Correct. Yes, the family. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so Great. Mm -hmm. And then they're also feeling very much part of church life, mm -hmm. too. Yeah, because they're on the stage. Yeah, they're up on the, they get up on the stage to do it. Yes, that is so wonderful. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's so great. And, um, <clears throat> and what would you say, perhaps now, you know, um, your oldest is 21? Yes, <laughs> they grow too quickly, oh, don't they? Yes, ma'am. Um, what do you think has been one of the greatest things in, um, you know, in your family life and in training your children? Hmm, that's a great question. <laughs> um, There's lots of things, uh, oh. of course, but maybe just tell, tell the ladies one of them. Well, I would say for, um, we want our children to know that we love them. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say early on in our parenting, we were um, very strict on discipline and um, obedience, which are all important things. 
Um, but I think we we have to make sure that it's um, balanced with love. Yeah. And um, I think different personalities can lean one way or the other. I have tend to be more harsh than I would ever want to be. And I, that is something God is continually working out in me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, um, and c- taking the time to connect in a way that means something to that child. I know I'm a um, quality time person and we have children, you know, the five la- love languages. Um, and I have a child, well, our oldest in particular, um, that quality time. And when you have a large family, it takes intentionality to make mm-hmm. that happen. Um, but as far as the greatest things, um, I would say loving God, you know, mm-hmm. um, pursuing God for yourself. Um, one thing I wish I would have done is, um, really pursued God before I ever had children to have him work out in me the things that were, um, glaring flaws that, that I now see, um, in my children as they have you lived under my example for so long. Um, mm-hmm. the things that, um, I would have like, if I didn't pass, if I could have not passed that down to them, that would have been wonderful. Um, but to, you know, if I could have allowed God to work out and he can, of course, his grace is always there and he knows all those things, but, um, really pursuing God. I, I think that's what, you know, the children want to see that it's real and, mm-hmm. um, never growing up uh, with my husband being a pastor, I never wanted my children to feel that pressure to perform in front of, um, or to be something that, um, a congregation may expect or because it's not about, um, it's about them having their own relationship with God, Mm. um, as I'm having my own. Um, so, you know, making time for me to spend time with God every day, to have that, um, secret quiet time where he can speak to me for the encouragement for that day. Because it, mm. it, you know, mothering, whether you have nine or one, it takes everything you have. Mm, <laughs> but right. um, it's only through him that we can do it. And he does gently lead those that are with young. So I don't think he, you know, is cracking the whip on us, you know. But when we make that time to be with him, that's when we find the strength and the time mm. to do what all we need to do in a day. And I think that starts when um, we are, before we get married. So young people listening today, um, your preparation for marriage starts well before you're married. In fact, I look back and I, I am so grateful that the Lord wooed me into his presence and into his word before I was ever married. And I... And, uh, I spent many hours every day in the Word. And um, right, you know, now, all these years later, it, it still was just the foundation of my life. So I went into my marriage and into motherhood knowing the Word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Bible says that we, as parents, that we are to pass on his word to our children, not only getting it into their hearts, but into their mouths. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how do we do that if we don't know it? And so I think it's an incredible, um, it's really the time for preparing for marriage is before you're married. Mm-hmm. In fact, really, as parents, we're preparing our children for marriage all through their training. We are preparing them to be the husbands or the wives that will, you know, so that they will have 
wonderful, successful marriages, we're preparing them for that because they're going to go into their marriages with the, you know, the character and the and uh, just the habits that they have formed all through their childhood. That's why we have to get rid of their negative habits mm -hmm. in their childhood, you know. That was one thing that we... Um, were always very, very, um, you know, it was a big thing in our lives that we didn't allow our children to get into moods. And, you know, so many children get into moods. I don't believe a child should be allowed to get into a mood. It's so absolutely selfish and you're just allowing them to go into that selfishness and me thing. And uh, so... We would never allow it. Colin would not allow it for one minute. And um, our children grew up and they didn't have moods. They still to this day, they don't have moods. That is one thing that they do not have. And um, I think that is a big thing. So many children, they, you know, they pout, they get in moods, they get into a state because they don't get their own way. I mean, if they're allowed to continue in that behavior... They're going to take that into their marriage. And that's just the foundation of a, you know, the end of a marriage before you hardly start. What do you think? Oh, I agree. Um, well, and the Bible tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. So it's hard to be in a bad mood and rejoice at the same time. So I, I think um, I think that's it's just self basic self-control. And I mean, I can't that's I will confess I I I can get in a mood myself and I have to discipline my, myself in my own heart and, you know, call it out in myself and recognize mm -hmm. what God has called me to, what his word. Um, I believe that the instructions in his word are not given if we couldn't achieve them. Exactly. And so if he says to rejoice, um, then I can rejoice, you yes. know. So, um, so I, we learn to do it, and then we teach our yes. children to do it. By the way, Alison, can you check that element? Make sure it's not burning. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, this Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes, you wouldn't believe what we've been doing today. Well, here, this wonderful Stuart family, Neely and her husband, they have been putting down this floor in my office and putting in a new counter in the, in the um, you know, downstairs kitchen. And we've all been cooking for Thanksgiving and decorating the wedding barn for Thanksgiving. And, you know, and here we are and we're in the middle of preparing for a meal. But <laughs> we decided to do this podcast. Yes. So it's all just part of home life. And um, anyway, another thing, um, you guys have got this wonderful vision at the moment of, um, you know, training other young people. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. Well, um, actually, so we own a um, retreat center in Ar uh, Arkansas and that we um, in the mountain up there. And we actually do family camps. And so mm -hmm. we invite. So how long, sorry, but how long have you been doing these? Well, we moved to Arkansas right before COVID, and so that delayed things a little bit. And we were renovating the camp and everything. But so this, we completed our second year uh, of doing camps um, this past fall. And um, so we um, invite um, usually three uh, three families at a time, and we walk them through um, a process. So it's not like a big retreat. This is more intensive where you're learning um, how to work together as a family, how to create a vision, how to create um, a shared goal so that um, everyone in that family knows that they're, what their family is doing and um, 
how they contribute to the family, what they bring so that um, you can accomplish what God has planned for you. Why did God put these people in your family? There's a purpose, and we help to people to find that purpose. Obviously, it's what God reveals. It's not, but we provide the opportunity for that. So, but what you're speaking of is we did, we... Um, First of all, I must say, that is wonderful. And if there are, you know, families who would just feel they need that help, how can they contact you? Um, well, we have a, um, a website, rockmountainministries.com. Oh, .org, excuse me. And um, so that the information's on there. We actually haven't put out our 2023 dates yet, but um, the camps are free of charge, so you just have to get there. We have sponsors who um, pay, provide for um, the week. You know, so it's a weekend. It's um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and um, it's just a great experience. Um, we have many uh, families who have just... Um, really feel that it um, helped change the trajectory of their families. Mm, I just think that sounds wonderful. So it's Rock Mountain. Brock. 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 What does the Brock mean? Well, that's um, the mountain. That's the name of the mountain. The name of the mountain. So it's brockmountain.org. Okay. We'll take a note of that. It sounds like a wonderful thing to do for a family. Wonderful. Now, what's the next vision? Well, so um, Ben, um, well, God had just kind of laid on Ben's heart, um, well, our heart, about hosting a purity weekend. So for mm. young adults, um, just to kind of um, give them um, some teaching on how to go about the new uh, stage in their life of finding a spouse um, in a way that honors God mm-hmm. um, just to, and, and it's a great time of fellowship and fun where they can um, get to know each other. And we just had our first one this past um, November and um, it was great. They, um, they um, got to have, you know, fellowship together that we had people from Pennsylvania, Ohio, um, Arkansas and Florida, so and Tennessee, and, yes, ma'am, because some Tennessee. of our young people came. Um, yes. and so, um, they just had a great time, and we go on a great hike up in the mountains, it's just beautiful. So, there's it's fun, but it's also, um, just a, an opportunity for them to just learn and just, um, kind of get God's perspective on things. Of course, we encourage them. Take it home. Talk to your parents. Talk to whoever is your godly authority. Submit it to, and so that you have a a plan, not just going into it kind of just well, whatever happens happens. But knowing that you have a plan and a purpose for um, this next stage in your life of finding um, a mate, because um, it's for Ben and myself, marriage is the greatest blessing in our life, and yes. um, it it's from God. I always feel sorry for everybody in the world who's not married. No, truly. Yes. It's how we can, um, I believe he brought us together for his purposes and our children and what the mission that he has for us. So, um, that's what we want to set them up for success in that area. And do you sort of hope that maybe some of these young people will just make a connection and the Lord would bring them together? (laughs) Well, absolutely. Because, um, like-minded, you know, young adults who are pursuing God, um, you know, sometimes it's hard in these days to oh. um, meet the right, you know, yes. meet the people. And so, and especially when everything seems to be social media based, um, this, mm. we encourage them not to be on their phones so that they can just interact and get to know. I think that's so wonderful because we do need to get our young people to into situations where they're meeting other young people of the same uh, mindset. And that's one of my dreams too for our Above Ruby's family camps that 
young people will meet one another. Um, well, Colin and I met at a fam Christian family camp, so we think they're pretty good places <laughs> to find one another. Because out there, even in the Christian church at large, there are so many either young ladies or young men who really... Um, although they are born again, they do not have a vision for family or even embracing children. They, they have never really been taught God's plan for them in this realm. And, and um, they're just doing it the normal way. And, and uh, in fact, I mean, there's so many of them who are getting into their mid-twenties and late-twenties, and still, some of these young men are still not ready to take the responsibility of marriage. But, I mean, I think it's great when you can get, you know, young people who just have this heart and a longing for someone and, and that God can bring them together. Well, our time is gone, but it's been so wonderful to have you with us, Neely. And please, families, any family who just needs encouragement or any young person who would love to get with other godly young people, well, you know what you've got to do. Just contact brockmountain.org. Okay, that's it. Brock Mountain Ministries. Oh, I got it wrong. <laughs> Say it again. BrockMountainMinistries.org. Okay, we've got it. Mm -hmm. So now we've got it right. BrockMountainMinistries.org. So look them up and just look out for what they're going to be doing in 2023. Amen. Well, Lord, we just thank you. Uh, for this time together with Neely and to hear what you have done in their lives. Lord God, you are so bigger than every circumstance. We thank you, Lord, that you just gave them nine amazing children. Maybe you'll give them more yet, Lord. And um, even when it was impossible in the natural, you are so great. And we thank you, Lord God. And... Uh, we just thank you for every opportunity to just talk about family life. And uh, we pray your blessing on every family listening right now. In the name of Jesus, amen.